you got armor and eventually like you had enough money to stay in the inn instead of sleeping in the woods so the idea is like if you slept in the woods someone had to pay the bartender to give you the keys to go kill you otherwise if you slept in the woods they could just find you and kill you um so not until you had like really good armor <laughs> did you like sleep in the woods because then you'd end up killing people and they'd you'd get their money so dude the middle ages were sound terrible yeah in game form i think and about that do you ever think form. about that Oh, Aren't yeah. you glad that you live in the 21st century? I don't think we appreciate it enough. Like, like I don't miss the sound that the modem used to make or something. Yeah, this this is how I this is how I get over. Like if I'm if I'm reading the news and I'm depressed about the world, uh, that's it was the a lot first worse. Thing I think of yeah. like, at least you know I don't what? have leprosy. Yeah, I don't have. I'm not part of gangrene. I'm not dying yeah. at age 25. I'm not an old man. You know, you'd already yeah. be a grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Saving money to buy a piece of coal. Yeah. Please, sir. Here's my, here's I'm my so stick. cold. It's so very cold all the time. Please. Why does everything yes, feel like it's coming in. back to Christmas? Oh and my I, gosh. by that I mean the band. <laughs> no, yeah, not the holiday. I felt like Scrooge. I there love for a that second. band. I felt like Scrooge there for a second. As like, please, Mr. Go Scrooge, away, go away, stupid kid. <laughs> please, another call. Leave me alone. I swear, this episode's not coming out until December. All right, fave, so what are our favorite holidays? Let's go around the room. Favorite Ooh. holiday? Go. Ooh. Is it? Is it? Is it Hanukkah? Ooh. Probably no. not. I'm gonna have to think about this. Yeah, birthday, of course, this. right? Yeah, it changes too when you have a child, like so New I have Year's. to think about this. I've always liked New Year's. New Year's? Uh, you like New Year's? I'm New a Halloween guy. Easy. I like July 4th, not for the Americana, mm. but it's just always like nice outside. That's true. And fireworks are fun. I actually like Christmas Day a whole lot because you can't do anything. Yeah. You can go to the movies like and Chinese restaurants. Not even that. Like everything's the closed. Two two. So it's like a great day to like just really do nothing. I go, I see yeah. a movie and I, go, and I have Chinese food. Every, that's yeah, like same. my, that's my loner, yeah. you know. Did, did your favorite holiday change? Because I was thinking about it, yeah. and my favorite holiday, mm, like twenty years ago, was probably um, uh, Thanksgiving because all my friends would get, would get together oh. on Thanksgiving oh, and play tackle football in the morning and like oh, get all cool. muddy. Oh yeah, like get we'd get muddy, muddy and oh, get wow. really gross, this and then so and then God, we were like stuff then we were like so hungry for Thanksgiving after that that it was like so I was so mm-hmm. pumped up, mm-hmm. and then football would be on TV and I'd fall asleep because I didn't care. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little real here for a second. I really like Martin Luther King Day because that weekend my synagogue, <laughs> listen, check this out. My synagogue does this cool like pulpit exchange. I'm like a I'm like a secular Jew. Like I just go for the bread yeah, and the parties. They do it. They do it. They do. Dude, the challah is so good. Challah. And yeah. And so they have a pulpit exchange with Third Baptist in the Fillmore. So I get to, I'm like a welcome guest in a Baptist church. And like, they don't go off about Jesus. It's music. They don't go off about Jesus. The rabbi gives the sermon. And they've been doing this for like 30 years or something. And I just like, I fucking love it. Yeah. And I go every year. It's so great. Like I look forward to it every year. It's I know it's like really weird. Not yeah, really no, weird. It just I, it like I like get emotional. It's like a beautiful, yeah. cool thing. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I love gospel music. I wrote my master's report on gospel music. I was only told I was going to hell once from this evangelical preacher, and well, it, we did didn't you even. T- it was about gospel brunch in Austin, Texas. Oh wow! Yeah. And he didn't tell me I was going to hell. He sort of just insinuated that because I'm not a believer, yeah. I'm not going to heaven. Well, it's and implied. I was like, whatever. It's implied. If that's no, no. This, I knew. You know. We both knew that yeah. I, he knew that I knew. And then yeah, we were like, yeah. cool, let's go to that fish fry. Yeah. And then, and it was like an af- after like an hour long interview. Yeah. 
we were cool. I mean, it was cool. It wasn't like weird. So does know. it upset you at all ever that you're going straight to hell when you die or are you okay with it? And are you all right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Things got dark. What's the right <laughs> answer? What's the right answer? I to don't that care. Okay. Uh, yeah, we don't, I don't. Jews don't really do that. We're just yeah, like. No. We're chosen, so. What you are know. We, <laughs> what are we supposed you to do? You just bypass. Yeah. Bypass hell. It's all about the here and now, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel. And the guilt. The guilt. Yeah, I have. Ca- so I'm a cashew. I'm a Catholic Jew. I was. Ca- <laughs> yes, so I have yes. double guilt. You're a Catholic Different kind Jew? of guilt. How yeah, my dad's work? Catholic. My mom's Jewish. It's a different kind of guilt, though. The it Catholic is. guilt is very personal. The yeah. Jewish guilt is, wow, we all suck. Yeah, I like the Jewish guilt better. Catholic guilt is like a little bit meaner and just like. <laughs> Jewish guilt is like kind of cute. The Catholic what is like Catholic not. guilt? It's very personal. It's like, yeah. Like, like I've like fucked it's up. It's not we all suck, but kind of I specifically. Yeah, like, do. oh, I probably shouldn't have masturbated last night. Like that kind of like. Oh, fun. You know, Instead yeah. of collective like masturbation. I do sometimes. I'm sometimes I'm masturbating and I'm like, I wish I felt guilty about this. That would be <laughs> so much better. Yeah, I would get so if, it was, turn if it just on, made if me I, feel bad, yeah, I'd love to be on. like doubtful that this is a thing that Jesus is allowing me to do. That would mm. be helpful. Yeah. Uh, but alas, <laughs> alas, I just have to, you know, enjoy it. <laughs> just <laughs> all that's left now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my life now. All that's left now. What? Uh, so what are you doing tonight, Jason? <laughs> Guilt-free masturbation. Oh, that's great. All the way. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll try really hard to feel guilty. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna Take DJ at Delirium tonight. So I'm, oh, really? We all have our Shout vices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna be spinning? Uh, I go in and I look at the crowd and I DJ accordingly. Are there local? Oh, so you're making like weird judgment calls about the people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? Tell, can you like explain yeah. what are these give judgment us some, calls? Give yeah. us last well, weeks. it's um, I guess if, so. If anybody doesn't know Delirium, it's on 16th uh, between uh, Valencia and Guerrero and the Mission. So. Um, it's, it's right next to public transit, so you get a little bit of the BART crowd that's coming in from the Oakland to like catch oh. a little bit of the mission before going back to Oakland. Um, oh, you get a little bit of old school Latin, like um, Mexican mm. um, vibes. Could be could be dads, could be kids. It's, it's a mixture. Okay. Um, but it's, it's also like all... Just like ninety percent of the people in there are are a little edgy, like black hoodie, black hat, black pants. Like that's so. edgy. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not colorful. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's like it's I was like, like that sounds like tech workers. Uh, no, black hoodie, black like everything. Oh, everything black. black. Like black, like okay. black. Okay. Yeah. Um. So so I usually go in and um and decide what I'm playing according to like who's across the bar. So, um, <laughs> uh, uh, this last time I went in and started with Scissor Sisters. It just felt right. <laughs> yes. Oh, nice. Um, I love the interesting. Yeah. Do you just play a song, or are you are you working at remixing anything? Do you have uh, mixes I, you put together? I, do, I, I focus on how long I'm going to play a song yeah. and how I'm going to transition out of it. So it's like yeah. I'll 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 take the high notes of the next song and start lacing it into the song at a certain point, mm-hmm. and then slowly I'll like bring the bass in and bring the bass out of the song I'm playing. That's cool. Yeah, it's just my style. So you might hear like a tambourine in a song that doesn't have a tambourine because the next song has a tambourine, and right. then all of a sudden it's like. Oh, that's why this song now has tambourine. Mm. So, and then some, uh, someone in the bar was giving me a really hard time because she was saying, "Oh, I could be a DJ. You just make a playlist ahead of time, push play, and then you just watch everybody respond." Nope. Like, no, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, some DJs do that, yeah, but it sure. sort of sucks. You yeah. can tell when that's happening, and you're like, "This is lame," and you leave. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more likely to be the one that has like five seconds of silence because I was trying to figure out the next song. And I'm like, ah, I think it's. I think oh, the no, silence is okay, honestly. Go I do. for five I think seconds. It's okay. Yeah. I think is it's that fine. play into your social anxiety or what is that? <laughs> 
I just like the I just like the rest. Yeah. When else am I gonna make it? Thank you, DJ. I needed those five yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's so much sound. <sighs> just wanted to drink a sip of my beer so in sweaty. silence. Yeah. 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 My rod. Red Bull vodka. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. What's everybody else? What's everybody else plugging? So yeah, that's your plug. You got any other plugs? All right. Yeah. yeah let's do plug time. Yeah. <laughs> being, I can't tell if he's being serious or joking. <laughs> yeah, I am. I think he wait, can I? Can, uh, wait, I want to go last. You I wanna wanna go last. Things you want to talk about. I want to go last. Jamie, uh, um, Jamie what so you? We, yeah, that that show, first. Conspiracy of Venus. Yeah. If you're in the Bay Area, um, was it Piedmont Piano? Right. Yeah, Piedmont Piano. It's a lot of. It's on the Sunday, peas. the last Sunday of October, which is the 27th. That's a good day to have it because it's like the, 4 p.m. It's the day after Halloween parties and stuff, mm. so everyone will be done with that. That's true. And they'll be ready for something new. And if you, you're you a creator and you want to sign up for Pandora Stories, um, you can email me if you want at alwaysmoretohear.com. That one's just the easy one. Uh, always more to hear to spell your, it out. That's your website. That's yeah. That's oh, kind nice. of like that was my blog. That was my little company when I was hustling. It, the yeah. email still works. You email me, sign up. I'll tell you what's up. Okay. If you're a musician, if you're an artist, if you're a, a podcaster, a blogger. What's the what's Whatever. the sixty second elevator pitch for stories for anyone? <laughs> it's who's it's a playlist. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's a that. it's a playlist um, where you can insert voice tracks. I've, and if for any I have creator, a serious question about yeah. this. This has always been my gripe with these. Is that how are the transitions? Because Slacker did something like this, right? Where they allowed you to kind of interstitial it's, things. It's streaming, um, unless you download it to your device. Yeah, yeah. So there will be some, um, like you couldn't you couldn't DJ a set. You know, like it has to be. You ha- there has to be like a few seconds of silence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In between, um, and if you're in, if your Wi-Fi sucks and you're streaming, then it's gonna be crappy. Yeah, I but, guess if you're like switching it out. Yeah. Um, but it's it's usually okay couple seconds uh what time does your show start on that sunday four o'clock four o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon cool afternoon show mm-hmm. radness you got anything Corey? um go to silence no good um, i got i got some shit coming up wait I say that again i think you're mumbling silence no good yeah. i don't know how to say <laughs> you guys made up the words so i'm like i don't know you like your say sites could hang out i like together. how you you have a you have a way you say it you go like silence no good silence no good I, someone did that to me once it's no like good. oh you go to silence no good i was like okay i'm gonna start using that it's, what is silence it. no good give people the, the it's pitch on that my exploration in music discovery essentially and it's kind of mm-hmm. becoming more of mm-hmm all of content discovery so like podcasts and stuff like that but yeah kind of helping figure out how to connect artists with, as a with podcaster yeah. what's your favorite podcast right now oh god right now i i gotta give a special one to music tectonics they have a conference in la in a couple weeks but they have a really good podcast it's a music like it's like music industry type stuff it's a really good podcast it's awesome my, my favorite i can't say on the air say it why was it's that it's that one where they had to use bleeps in their name. It's the, it's so the I mean that hasn't really stopped us in the last yeah. hour. We can, we can swear with the two girls also bleep from yourself. Jersey. Yeah. Two girls, one cup? No, it's, it's oh, the Jesus. guys. Sorry, that's not it. Guys, we fuck. <laughs> guy, guys, you fuck. <laughs> that's oh, what oh, yeah, 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 the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> it's got all the vowels in there. Okay. It's just like they, they, they intentionally like put asterisks or like weird letters. So it's actually like... <laughs> So it's not fucked. No. Then why Wait, is it basically two chicks talking about 
guys have the that's anti, amazing it's the yeah, anti-slut shaming podcast is what they I say. think that's it's great. really popular right now i think yeah, it's like yeah. blown up it's Definitely. it's great i had a blog that was basically years ago when i was dating and it was the worst experience ever sure and i i blogged about it and Ooh. i'm not gonna tell you what it is right Wait, now is dating say. supposed to be fun yeah. I think some people find it fun. I think Ooh. the people that find it fun are the people that have just gotten out of relationships. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're trying to desperately get into one because yeah. you just want to be loved, it's fucking terrible. Did you use the the swipe app? I met my husband right before swiping became a thing. Oh, so it was like okay. I met him on okay Cupid though. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hey Paul, what's up? What up, Paul? <laughs> How you doing? Shout out to we love you, Paul. He did a search. Colin, Paul. He did a search for Aquarius Jews. And found Aquarius. me. I think there were like. A Are you few Aquarius? Of us. Yeah, I'm so he's, yeah, he's an I'm Aquarius, Aquarius too. Aquarius. Interesting filter. <laughs> I know. I think he was just like, oh, I'll see what happens. What do you this feel like Aquarius is like? Because I, I had a completely the opposite viewpoint of what Aquarius <laughs> and understanding. Sorry, I thought, I thought that's what Aquarius. We're having our own podcast. No, Aquarius. Okay, this is very off topic. Aquarius is. I feel like I have a very intense intellectual brain mental connection with on a very individual level hmm. so my aquarius friends are people that like it's just like zoop, and like we can talk for hours about whatever it's aquarius yeah, yeah. i love my aquarius friends not aquarius a leo leo i don't know anything about leo so. uh, <laughs> yeah i don't, I'll te- I'll I don't know crap about the about the i don't know anything i don't know anything about other signs i just know about yeah. mine yeah <laughs> noise stereotypical the only one that's yeah, an aquarius. I, don't, I don't really care <laughs> You are such an Aquarius. Uh, Wait, Jason, what are you? Scorpio. Okay. Scorpio. What, are, what are these characteristics of Scorpios? Uh, horny. What? Jealous. Doesn't feel bad about it. And uh, uh, possessive, I think. Oh, really? That's Just a bunch lovely. of stuff that I don't There's think There's got to be some am. good things. Wait, yeah. Stefan, what are, what are um, Leo? The, the bad Leos are known for wanting the spotlight. The good Leos are known for being able to, like, create a spotlight. So, so you're kind of both. So yeah, so yeah, you're you kind of both. Please, can you yeah. please you're just kind stop of an already? Asshole. Enough. Yeah. You've had enough. <laughs> it's all about you've you. had enough time on this podcast. Stop talking. You don't need to talk anymore. Right? Just shut just up. Except God for when he left the room and he's like, "I'm just not gonna." Be <laughs> yeah, he was. You were gone. for I was, like a solid twenty minutes. I was testing? convinced that I was gonna figure out how to get this like live stream on Facebook working amazingly, and and no, I'm, it looks great. It's working. And no, then, supposedly like, I don't think it's working. I think it's yeah, and then and then I tried the the Google stream to get that one go, or like YouTube stream to get that one going, and then I just kind of like. Ah. I, I think it's it's a combination like your phone isn't bad internet, so I was using your phone for internet. It's not yeah. bad. It's, it's just not quite strong enough in this room. Yes. And then the, the room it's the room internet's it? not quite strong enough either, so it's like it all just sucks. And that's the show. Uh, Jason, Good what night. do you want to pitch? <laughs> We have 12 minutes left. Unless, uh, unless ten, the next ten. person is, is 15 <laughs> minutes segue. late like we are. This room internet is terrible. What do you want to pitch? Uh, <laughs> I want to. I just want to pitch that we have a show on November 2nd, and it's at Bottom of the Hill, and it's a it's a charity event raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I I need I need to freaking pack the house. So I really really want everybody to come. Ooh. It's going to be super fun. The Minnesota Child is playing their great. Minnesota Child's band. great. Yeah, they're and we great. also have Panic is Perfect, and and Yay. they're they're high energy and fantastic, and uh, yeah, we just need we need all hands on deck. It's yeah. the biggest show we've ever done ever. Wow, nice. congratulations! That's yeah. cool. Well, I mean, it's a yeah. weekend at Bottom of the Hill, which is yeah. a big deal for us. It's not a big yeah. deal for Panic is Perfect or Minnesota Child, but for us, it's like, you know, 
and and it's we booked it i mean we we got those bands but we booked the club ourselves so it means a lot to us to like have this Mm -hmm. and uh and and the lymphoma society is formally partnered so like now there there's actually eyes on it and we really 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 want to like sell it out so please come so can we do two things in one can we play one of your tracks but in the process of doing that like also uh, I have friends in Colombia that want to hear from us. Mm-hmm. Can we do a shout out to Colombia and also then yeah. like introduce one of your tracks? Yeah, I don't speak Spanish, but uh, no, th- this is actually it's for a class that is um, uh, teaching business English. So the podcast that the, the um, Lourdes who leads the podcast, she teaches business English in Bogota and has a, has a um, podcast to to the students have to call in and 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 practice their english oh okay oh, wait well, how that, do they hear about case. us because uh i'm addicted to colombia and oh. um, <laughs> i enjoy going there and what about colombia are you podcast. addicted to the people the art the culture the people. yeah you had a really insanely nice good food. time there didn't you i do I'm, I'm already trying to figure out how how to go back so that's why i make sure that you're good at the board so that way if i'm there i can call in and be like hey like oh uh, nice yeah yeah can we do international <laughs> calls though facebook like we oh yeah right so here's what, here's what I'm thinking. If we do something similar to the beginning of our show where we each announce ourselves and then say, hey, we'd really like you to hear this track by, by Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So but then I'll, I'll go last, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to do like <laughs> as if the show was just starting and this is the part you can cut and send and we'll send to them. Oh, I see. Do we, do we, are we mentioning them too then? Or yeah. But you're going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it. I'll, I'll, I'll start it and then, and then you follow. Okay. What's going on? Yeah, we're, I'm, we're a, I'm a little I'm a little lost, honestly. Oh, yes. <laughs> is this is this still live? Yeah. So the people listening now gets to hear what what our plan is, and we'll, they'll Devious they'll judge us blast. as to whether or not we did okay. This is yeah. all solid gold right now. Yeah, they'll yeah. figure out if we Which did okay. Solid gold, that could be. So what we're gonna do is pretend like the show's just starting. Oh. And are you gonna re-edit it and put this at the beginning? Uh, just we're just the gonna live cut this part out and send it to them. Edit the live stream. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna, but we're also like for anybody who's listening, we're gonna intro your song and say, hey, listen to to Great Highways track like yeah okay yeah. <laughs> see how this don't goes. get it at all but i'll, I'll give it a shot okay, but when I, say, I don't know what my part in this when is, i say who i am you say who you are okay and then that's Corey all i have to do i'm Corey. Jane, you'll say who she is <laughs> yeah Not like yet, as Corey. if we're starting the show got it oh <laughs> got it i like turtles on it yeah. <laughs> hi i'm jamie friedman <laughs> yeah you're, hey, you're hey, the hey. last <laughs> What are you speaking No one was for? doing anything. I know. So I just we, were, we were having a moment, okay? We were having a moment. Um, all right, so this is where it starts. I'll go three, two, one, go. Okay. Hello, Columbia. This is Stefan Aronson from San Francisco, California. We are, have recre- we've created a special little recording for you from our podcast to let you discover some of the music here in the Bay Area. I'm joined with... Jason Hunter from uh, The Man Great Highway. Corey Zuckman of Silence No Good. I'm Jamie Friedman, and I work at Pandora, and I sing in the group Conspiracy of Venus. So we're we're excited to be sending this to you. We're going to be doing this on a regular basis, yeah. sending you music uh, that that we would love you to discover and explore and help you with your English as you're trying to learn uh, business English. Perhaps some of our uh, music written uh, here by Jason Mm -hmm. uh, in this particular case can help you do that. So Jason, what song would you like them to hear? Uh, I suppose you got Magnetic up there. You can just play that. 
go for it. What would you like them to know about Magnetic? It's our new 2019 single. We're going to be playing it in November at a big show. We've been playing it all year, and I wrote it, and it's terrific. Come out. Uh, thanks for this opportunity, Lourdes, and uh, we hope to do this on a more regular basis. Catch you soon.
listening to Mutiny Radio. A little bit of Smashing Pumpkins coming your way, then Joanna Bateman giving a call. Exciting, exciting stuff here. Friday night, end of March, MutinyRadio.fm. Joining me right now on the phone, Joanna Bateman. Hey, what's up, Pam? What's up, Mutiny? How's it going? Woo! Yeah, that's where the crowd would like, woo! And, uh, and I'd be like, yeah, what up, Mission District? And the crowd would go like, woohoo! And I'd be like, yeah, San Francisco, what up? Are you and are you not have, in SF right now? 
Am I? No, I am. I'm in SF. Okay. I would be like, what up, SF? Okay, and then sweet. SF crowd would be like, yeah. And then I'd be like, what up, California? And then I'd be like, what up, America? And then people would be like, well, not so much. I don't know. I don't know. How are you feeling about the state of things, Pam? How are you? How are you feeling? Uh, you know, uh, no, absolutely nothing's different for me. I mean, I, I've, I've always been poor. The same people still don't have housing in the Tenderloin. I was looking out my window, and there's this guy called Fuck My Life because he always just stares at himself and goes like, Fuck My Life! So I call him yeah. Fuck My Life. Yeah. And his He's whole life there. is exactly the same. Every There is not one thing has changed for him. <laughs> not one thing. So I think it, a lot of it has to do with personal. Perspective, like yeah, no, I totally feel that perspective. My life has my life, you know. My life, I'm kind of a germ freak, so I'm really grateful that like everybody's respecting each other's distances. I'm like, this, can you imagine if this had happened? Like, if this had been the response to the Me Too movement, <laughs> like if after <laughs> Harvey Weinstein got like totally tanked, and you know, Louis C.K. and all those guys and freaking everybody can you imagine if the next day you went out to go to the grocery and everybody was like giving you six feet distance like and nobody was like talking to you who you didn't know and nobody was like it would be like oh my god like people get it like respect my space like yeah. i don't want anybody to talk to me right now so but there but then but then you then you see like grown men in the grocery store with like a list and like a pencil and they're like hyperventilating like they've never done it before in their lives and they're like staring at the list and scratching you know potato off on the list and they're just like barely breathing because they're so just like freaked out that that their caretaker for their children isn't there anymore and that the maid isn't there anymore and they're like ah honey you got a dust like this place is a mess and she's like i don't normally do that we pay somebody to do that and it's like Who's walking our dogs? I don't know. We pay somebody to do that, too. It's like, who's teaching our kids? I don't know. We pay somebody to do that, too. It's like, everybody's having to, like, do this shit that other people do for them. It's like, I don't know. I feel like people are really, like, having to take a real good, hard look at their life choices and, like, face what they've made in their lives who's living my life from it right now who's living my life i i pay someone to do that exactly so I that i could just watch netflix to... no i'm kidding i don't want to watch exactly. any netflix yeah i don't watch any netflix but i'm watching i'm watching uh the science of food right now they just Ooh. they just uh they just uh like put uh, breast milk in a in a scientific like breakdown of its elements sweet broke it down into the fat uh and the 22 percent fat baby carb i know i was like i want pam breast milk yeah. with the cb th cheese yeah cbds thcs i mean so many cannabinoids <laughs> so many usable cannabinoids yes 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 so how so, are you how are you faring because obviously huh? there's no yoga I mean, you can yoga in your house. Are you like, are you like doing live stream yoga on Zoom, like where people are all? There, yes, yes, yes. There are. I, I am not, I am not personally doing that, uh, but I did watch my friend because I, I'm not a yoga teacher. I'm just a checker inner at oh, the studio. So my job got shut down real quick. 
I got told on, you know, Monday the 16th that we were shutting everything down, and so I filed for unemployment, and I, you know, am uh, cooking and uh, taking care of my uh, my man because oh. he can't go out to eat as much, and, like, so for the first time in our four years, I'm, like, cooking on the regular and, like, enjoying, like, you know, he's eating at home because he was, like, kind of, like, addicted to eating out and stuff, oh. so... That's been an interesting thing, like, figuring out, you know, it's like, yeah, it's been interesting. I've I've enjoyed it, actually. It's been kind of rewarding. It's like, look at my Frontiers woman skills coming into play. Like, hell (laughs) yeah, these jeans, these farmer jeans, these women. I I know how to feed a man. I can keep you full. I'm, I feel, I feel... Yeah. I'm hoping it's all, it's worse than we think it is because supposedly we're going to be off all of this on April 7th and I'm like, no, double down, make it crazier. Let's make this apocalypse roll, man. Let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the yeah. let's, let's get to the fun part, like the dangerous part. Like when I get to go to get my new house. There's a house. Yeah. There's a house I'm going to yeah. get. That's my house now. Uh, exactly. Yes. Let's keep this thing rolling just a couple more months. Just like, a couple more on, months. Just this. let everybody get a little more desperate, and then my skills really come to fruition. <laughs> now, <laughs> then, then my ability to murder pigeons and eat them is going to, over an open fire, it's really going to yeah, take Yeah, my ability to, like, skin a trout, you know, what? from my bird bath Hell that I've, yeah. like, made from just digging a hole and, like, you know, like, I want to, I want to be a, bear in the river that all of a sudden gets made because human beings, you know, I don't know. All I know is, Pam, that um, I am, I am actually doing something on the Instagram that I want to promote to anybody who's listening right now. I'm doing an Instagram live talk show on Monday through Thursday from 12.45 to 1.45 Pacific time. And uh, you can tune in on the live, Instagram live, Joanna. It's going to be called Upbeat with Joanna Bateman. (laughs) And, like, I'd love to, uh, yeah, interview you. You can come. All you have to do is see my little circle on Instagram live, and uh, you can just press request uh, to join my live show. And uh, several comedians are going to be on there, and uh, we're just going to, like, I'm just going to try to have a, creative outlet much uh, much like you have Pam right Sweet. now yeah you're gonna a, to- a talk show that's great yeah, this, yeah a talk this, show with the, like gardening and like crafts and like sure. and comedy at the end and you know like a song and dance portion well Keep I know light. you've got your cooking down now you said you've been practicing the cooking so you've got the whole exactly yeah how to feed your beast how to feed your beast steps. <laughs> I remember your joke when he leaves the house and then you pull your boob out and you're like, and then you get the peanut butter. So I have that image in my head right now. I'm like, oh, but he's there. So it's, she's not going to let the tentacles out to get the peanut butter jar. Exactly. Exactly. Now I feel more like, I feel less like a girlfriend and more like a lieutenant right now. (laughs) You're on the same army. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm like, what is it today, Sarge? Like, what do you need? What is it that we need today? Oh, that's very like, sweet. 
So you're like yeah, Team Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, we're Team Apocalypse. Uh, we went to the track today, the Kizar Stadium track. Oh. And uh, that was a little risky because you can't really stay six feet apart all the time because if you pass somebody or if you get passed on the track, like they're close to you. Well, also, and then, if you're running, you probably aren't going to have a respiratory. I mean, the people that are out running probably saying. aren't sick because it's that's a respiratory disease and you're running. Yeah. So I think yeah, you're fine. I, <laughs> I think. Yeah, but then there was orders today saying, that uh, they're advising you, the city of San Francisco is advising to not go anywhere that isn't walking distance from your house. But everything is walking distance in San Francisco. It's seven by seven. Exactly. Boom. That's there like, you go, Pam. I've been walking every day from the Tenderloin here to the Mission to the station because I want mm-hmm. exercise. I'm not just going to sit on my ass all day. Like Exactly. It, it's like two miles. Come on. It, yeah. No big deal. But I don't. I don't want to become sedentary either. I'm trying to walk every day, because yeah, exactly. And I'm because it's so easy to fall into. What was that? I said you have to stay strong. Yeah, you have to keep your body moving. Yeah. Well, you don't want to fall into patterns of like waking up super late. Like, I mean, okay. So I haven't been. I haven't been drinking that much. And usually in a crisis like this, I'd be like, I'm going to be drunk all the time. And I, right. I haven't been. But, yeah, got to stay healthy. Well, like, wake up in the morning. Not. Yeah. yeah, do. So, you know, like, so push-ups, drink a smoothie, yeah. fucking. Exactly. Yes. Now's the time to optimize your health. And it's like you're doing everything because you're choosing to do it. It's kind of liberating in some form. Like, everything you do right now is a choice. That you're doing. Yeah, I mean, read, read a book. Oh, my God. Isn't that fun? And people are like, oh, I just yeah. don't have any time to read. It's like, actually, now is a great time. you got time. <laughs> Get a cat. Sam, was... what's your book rec? What's your book recommendation right oh, now? Oh, well, you know, the easiest the easiest go-to for me for anything is always Stephen King. He's such a great and just incredible writer, and he has such a breadth of work that you can get anything. Like, I, I mean, I'm just about to reread The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon only because I just saw it on my shelf, like, yesterday. I was like, oh, I love and I haven't read it again, like, this year. And I love, 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 love. It's a deep cut from Stephen King. It's about an 11-year-old girl who gets lost in the forest, and there's a bear, but is a bear real? And is she sick? And what's going on? And oh, it's so crazy! It's such a good book. And and he, oh my god, it sounds awesome. And she's like, and that he's an old. Well, Stephen King's not like an old man, but he's but to do a first-person narrative from the eyes of an 11-year-old girl and make it fucking believe, like make me be like, yeah, like I'm. That's I'm cool. in. That's a talent. Right. Yeah, that's so dope. he can do no wrong in my eyes. But uh, there's also like super fluffy fun stuff. I don't know if anybody's ever read um, the Divergent series. Uh, there's four of yeah. them. And it yeah. is fluffy and fun. And you could just zip through. It's like TV in your head. And it's Ooh. it's a, it's great, the Divergent series. I know that they made a movie out of it or whatever. But fuck the movie. Don't watch the movie. Read the books. Read the book, Divergent yeah. Series. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. Do it's in it. post-apocalyptic um, Chicago. And oh, great. Yeah, That's where Chicago is right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, you, but you've been, you've been creative. You've got your show coming up. You've been, I've got my show coming up. I've been in, I've been weeding. I've been weeding the, the, the clovers that come up 
around where I live and just taking care of, like, the earth um, outside of my immediate housing. And um, I filed for unemployment. I look forward to receiving my check. <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, it's like Andrew Wang, his, like, dream is coming true right now. Right. Like, who knew it had to come to a pandemic to get, you know, everybody paid some money. So... Yeah, we'll see. I've got some we'll grants see. in the. I've got some grants in the works for because I don't. I don't have any. I can't get any unemployment. That doesn't work you for can't? me. Can't not from your bar. Well, well, I don't. I only work one day a week there, so it's just not even Aww. worth it to like fuck with it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. To, for them to give me thirty bucks and then take half of it or whatever and ta- It just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. at all. So I'm just yeah. not. In, doing that you're getting the grants you're getting those artist grants yeah i'm trying because the station there's just no income here and uh yeah absolutely i am like yeah but if everything you know what everything will work out i'm not i'm honestly not afraid and i've never this isn't this apocalypse has been hella fun i've never had more fun i've been creative i've been writing i've been everything's been great like yeah it's like the quarantine is like a residency of some kind right uh, yeah, yeah, it, is. it really. I it mean, is. I feel take. I feel like as long as I'm taking care of, you know, myself and the people like around me and like checking in. And this has been really great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're Sam. amazing. Thanks for being there. Well, you can call being anytime too. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. But I'm still here for all the open mics I was running. It's just that I ask people to call in or I just play music. And sometimes I yeah. talk because I feel like I need to talk. And sometimes I yeah. play, sometimes I play, mu- sometimes I play like the news of what's going on. But I feel like there's, I don't know what information's coming out. It, it's, it's spooky and I feel like I'm in a movie and I know that yeah. I'm not because, yeah, because this, it, the not. Matrix is cooler. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the outfits, like my outfits would be better if this was a movie. I yeah, feel like, I feel like my very, makeup would be, someone yeah, would be doing my hair. Weird. It would be fluffier, something. So I know it's not a yeah. movie, but I really feel like it feels like a movie. Like all bets are off, burn it down. Like what's going on? It's, but I also know, people are really being calm about it. And like, I don't we have to be, we have to, be. you have to remain calm. That is like, I think that's like the female energy right now like what I was describing to my friend I was like it's like society had been going to like and I don't know if you're familiar with this uh fitness company's exercise uh like fitness company called Orange Theory Fitness Mm. it's just like everything in the store is orange they play really really loud music it's high intensity circuit training and you're like your blood is like hooked up to some machine and everybody in the whole workout room can see like your heart rate and your, your the goal of the whole like hour and a half that you're in there is to keep your heart rate in the orange zone. Whoa. And it's like insane. It's insane workouts. It, it's ludicrous people who take these classes, but I know that I know people who do. And, um, it's as though society has been going to these orange theory fitness classes for like you know, 50 year period. And we've just been speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. And then this just caused everybody to like stop going to their orange theory fitness classes and like a mandatory restorative yin yoga class was like placed upon you. And it's like, everybody's like, 
forced to like have a sandbag over their like genitals and like a bolster underneath their knees and like forehead and like they're just like wrapped in blankets and it's just like it's a very in energy that's just like make you have and you have to surrender to it and try to be in a state of calm because if you're not then you're stuck in this i mean i mean it's it's crazy like it's just crazy. Like we're we're not a country that's used to being restricted. Right. We're not a country that's used to thinking about others. We're not a country that's used to thinking about other people's health and and the the immediate like repercussions of your actions. Like we are not a people that think like this. Right. And so like to have to stand six feet apart in line at a grocery store just to get into the grocery store is, like, so un-American. Like, we aren't used to getting what we want when we want it and moving at this accelerated, the, you know, money-grabbing pace. It seems so dumb to me, though, that they keep us at six feet distance outside, and then you go in, and everyone's touching everything anyway. Like, if, I, I yeah. mean, everywhere we go, like, all of this distancing stuff is, like, it, if it's going to travel, it's going to travel. Like, if you have it and you go into a store... Everything you touch now has it, right? Like, yeah, but I, yo, I'm wearing those gloves. Okay. I'm wearing those gloves. I've got gloves on my hands. I'm not touching. And when I, and I, I come home and I, I spray everything down. I like experience. I'm like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. I'm scared of this, like, this thing. You, you know, it's like traveling. The only thing I'm scared, I'm not scared of getting it. I'm scared of being a vector for it because other people will shame me. My fear with it isn't about getting sick. I'm 45 and I ain't going to get sick. I'm going to be fine when I get it, when everyone gets it or whatever, the cold or whatever it is that we all get. Right, I'm going to be fine. Right. I'm in good shape. I haven't been drinking that much lately. My body's great. I'm eating well. I am yeah. I don't have respiratory issues. I don't have yeah. any high blood pressure. I have really low blood I mean, I'm healthy. So yeah. I'm not worried about me getting sick myself. I'm worried that if someone, if but I if am a people, carrier, yes. that they could be like, yes. now you're in the FEMA camp. And somehow that, yes. because I do live in a fantasy world and a movie really in my head, I'm like, oh my God, if I got sick, what what are they going to do with the people that are sick? Are they just going to take away their civil liberties and be like, okay, now you're over here. Now you have to live here or you have to stay even here. Even the people that are well, Pam, even if you're in Los Angeles, the Mercy, the U.S. Navy Mercy ship that came into the port of Los Angeles. They're moving the non-COVID-19 patients onto the Mercy Navy ship Whoa. so that they can have room for the COVID patients in the hospital. So wow. how would that feel? You're in the hospital, not for anything scary, like maybe it's scary, but it's like not COVID-19. Yeah, like and all of a sudden they're moving you onto a fucking Navy ship hospital. I was just <laughs> like, thinking about that, like... um. I was That's cutting. What's happening right now? I, I was Some cutting. Guy just had a heart attack and was being moved onto the Navy ship hospital. Or the like, I was I was cutting something with a knife, and I thought, oh my god, don't cut yourself, don't cut yourself at any time, because if you actually do cut yourself, yes. you can't go to the hospital to get yes. stitches. Yes. Don't hurt yourself. Don't trip. Don't yes. skateboard. Don't fall off anything. I know. Don't. It's a time to be very don't get, cautious. Yeah, be cautious. Because if you did, because yeah. I was thinking about that, I was cutting something with a knife, and I was like, sharpen oh. your knives. Yeah. Sharpen your knives. Like if I cut but my hand really badly, knife is gonna cut you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to the hospital. I'd super glue it. 
be like, fuck I it. Know. I've been nicking myself. My hands are all nicked because I've been so nervous. I've like, mm. been nervously like chopping carrots and like nicking my knuckles. And like I tried to open a takeout carrier. I was, my boyfriend went and got out, like got to go from a Thai restaurant. And I was so like nervous when I was opening up the to-go container that I like sliced my pointer finger in the container on the plastic like, oh my god yeah yeah on the plastic i sliced my finger open from a plastic container because i was just like nervously opening my to-go food because i was like oh my god yeah i feel like people are like if you don't have a practice to like keep your uh your stress down it's not like we and and, and in some ways this like stay at home it's like and for some people, like, staying at home is fine. You have a partner that you respect, that respects you, that's, like, nice to you. But, like, you know, some people are not as lucky and not in such, like, environments that are conducive to a calm, stress-free zone. And right. It's like, oh, that's not very comedic. This isn't very no, no, funny. hey, it doesn't. It's so hard. We did a, we did a Zoom thing tonight. It is so it's weird so to, to try right to do now. comedy for people on a video. It is so antithetical to anything that I'm used to. I did it anyway, but still. Yeah. Oh, that's good practice. That's I good practice. Guess. Like, look at me perform in front of a camera. What would I do? I feel like it's I'm I feel like it's I know. like I feel like I was in junior high again auditioning for the for the Disney Channel or something <laughs> where I like had a VHS thing and I'd like press play and run around to the side and be like, Hey Disney, I wanna be on your show and then like you know, sing a little song and do a little dance. Felt I like know. that. Yeah. Felt like that. I'm watching now on the PBS Science uh, food science show they're they're literally showing like this has been like five minutes of this man milking a cow. Oh, like I'm yeah. looking at cow nips. Ooh, long and weird. I feel bad for the cows, yo. Does that feel good to them? Like, do they wish it was a baby milk, like eating them, or do they like the male hands? That's a good question. <laughs> they have to uh, roll down. I, you know, cows seeing a cow nipple like that makes me feel just so much better about my own nipples because I feel like they're so big. But not yeah, as. But but then in p- perspective, you know, when you look at a cow's udder, which has like four That's weird nipply appendages, exactly. like mine are fine. They're fine. Yeah, yours are fine. They're fine. I was watching The Godfather last night. The and, Godfather, uh, which you know, one? The Godfather, the first one. Oh, good. And I was looking at the girl who he marries, the like Italian girl. She's very young. <laughs> And she shows her full breasts, and her breasts look to be about 15 years old. Oh. <laughs> she was very young, that actress, whoever she was. She was young. Well, boobs. Everyone loves boobs. You know, boobs. I think, this is a strange theory, and it, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but I did learn it in a gender studies class in like the 90s, so I sort of believe it. But that women have more of a propensity to be bi because we are able to birth children and they can suckle and we can love them. You can love a boy and a girl equally because you're able to care for them and literally like feed them. So you can create an intimate connection with both men and women. With both genders. With both genders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. My buy is made sense by that. I feel that. 
<laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other? Would you, uh, uh, tell everybody again about your Instagram, 1245 to 145. 1245 to 145 Pacific. Monday um, through yeah, Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Because I'm predicting we don't go to a five-day work week after this. Like, I hope after this is all said and done, whenever we do get back to normal, it will never be normal again to go Monday through Friday work week. I think we're going to do Monday through Thursday. That's my hope. That's my dream. Sure. That we cut it down. Because, like, I don't think we're needed to work as much as we were working. <laughs> like, I don't oh, think I we're needed to work that much. I right mean, now, so much is automated. I don't think we need to do it. So I'm doing Monday through Thursday, 12:45 to 1:45 on Instagram. My handle is Joanna Batemans. That's J-O-A-N-N-A-B-A-T-E-M-A-N-S. Joanna Batemans Instagram. And uh, on Monday, I've got comedian Marcus Howard. Oh right, he's hilarious. Guest. He's hilarious. He's so funny. And I also have this woman from Los Angeles. She's like a Reiki healer. And we're going to talk about, like, intentions and, like, the shadow side of this current moment. Wow. And also, like, the power of our words. And just setting some intentions for the week of, like, what I want my, my show to be, which is a place of connection and lightheartedness and, like, Positivity and, and just like fuck it, like this is the entertainment wild wild west now. Like everything is shut down, people aren't together. Like everybody's at home staring at their phones. So I'm trying to like be on that. Yeah, hell yeah. Catch yeah. it while it's hot, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, anyways, that's my thing. But Pam, I love you so oh, much. Oh, you're the for best. Having me on. Yeah, thank you for calling in to Mutiny Radio. We're still here. Mutiny you can, Radio. You can stream us all the time. Get our app. And uh, thank you again, Joanna Bateman, for calling in. Yay! Bye bye. All right, bye. Yay, love you. Bye. Yay. Yay. Uh, yes, you can. You can. Uh, you can get our app. That's what you can do. You can stream us live it's uh free on your iphone you could also listen on your samsung or whatever us to mutinyradio.fm if you're listening now or maybe you're listening to this later i'm gonna move some things over to the night playlist so yeah pamtastic's comedy clubhouse it seems like it's no longer doesn't it it's kind of sad uh that we don't have comedians for you sorry but i will put on some lovely most likely flat black plastic and he will be back tomorrow i believe i will also be back tomorrow for the afternoon show oh this is everything is all messed up here dang it dang it dang it sorry dead air sorry dead air can't sorry dead air dead air sorry
साल कल साल साल कर चल टल मल आगे चल आगे चल नहीं बोल तबु चल ओरे माझे कैन होली आज विमला
Welcome to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val, sitting here with Diamond Dave. Hi, Diamond Dave. Hey, Val. So good to be here. It's a rainy day in San Francisco. It is. But wherever you happen to be, take a look out the window or even walk outside. But it's a rainy day in San Francisco, but the sun is going to be coming out soon. So good to be here. We have a brother named Lorenzo McKeezy. Hey, Lorenzo. He's going to be playing the accordion. He's already. We're going to start with. We're going to. We're going to begin with, of course, Bloodflower, and then Lorenzo, and then we're going to come. He's also an author, and he's in high school, and we're going to have a conversation. If all that's all right, I'm looking forward to it. So let's take it away, Bloodflower. I like. I like Lorenzo's hat too. Oh yeah, stylish. Here we go. Pardon me.
like you. Yeah. Happy Birdflower. Uh, and Evel went out of accordion. That was kind of a pre-accordion uh, kind of music, too. It was. It was a preclude to an accordion with that melodica. And here would be Lorenzo on the accordion. He's going to do a couple songs, and then we're going to have a conversation. Yeah, and Lorenzo, Lorenzo is, uh, like we said, Dave, he's in high school still. He's a senior this year, um, but... Uh, uh, a young man of many talents. So I know he's been playing the accordion since he was 10 um, and then started playing around, or since he was seven, pardon me, uh, and uh, started playing around North Beach restaurants and clubs as a kid. So um, it's a real treat to have him in here today. And um, so, Lorenzo, uh, welcome to Mutiny Radio. And I bet he's also a science fiction fan. <laughs> We're talking about it. And I see one of his. Welcome. If you go ahead and take it away.
Lorenzo. Hey, Lorenzo, we take your accordion off, leave it on the stage, and then come in here because we're also going to tell he's a many a fascinated human being. One, one is being a published author, and we talk about his books, plus, 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 plus. Hey, Val, have you seen? It's a beautiful book. I know. I mean, okay, so, so I first um, became aware of Lorenzo uh, Lucchese when I, I opened up the SI Genesis Quarterly Magazine because he and I, well, he currently attends the same high school that I graduated from uh, a few years ago. And um, he had been featured, and, and I said, well, now this is an interesting young person. So um, it was really, I, I said, I would love to have him come on to the show and then um, happened to just run into him actually the, the night of the mayoral election. I was, I was, I believe I was wearing my kind of um, Uncle Sam hat uh, running around to the various uh, election parties and, and there you were standing outside of the bar because you're not 21 yet um, for Angela Aliotto's um, election night party and I said I know who you are and here we are finally here at Mutiny Radio. Lorenzo, welcome. Thank you Val. I'm glad to be on the show. Glad to have run into you that very spontaneous night at Miss Aliotto's party. <laughs> well spontaneity is the way it works if you're open to it. That's one of my core beliefs that it's that everything is indeed connected so it's good to see you Lorenzo. Hey what was it what were the two numbers uh, you just played? Well, the first one was a song called Luce Ombre. It was originally a French composition, but was gradually incorporated into Italian music. Um, the idea is light and shadow, so you'll notice there's a lot of scales going up and down the keyboard, so those are supposed to be representative, just so you can envision shadows going down a sidewalk. And it's supposed to be a very melodic, French, very impassionate nice. tune, love song almost. And the second song I played was, it was a medley of two classic Italian songs, emblematic of San Francisco's North Beach, where I spent um, most of, well, a lot of my life since I grew up in the Excelsior, but spent a lot of time playing down there. Uh, oh Marie was a, a song loved by many, and a, a, an older Italian woman, I'll say. And, and also La Mio is, is, a, is a favorite that was one of my first big tip earners when I was still little, making the ones five ten dollar bills walking around the streets of north beach at the age of seven wow. <laughs> amazing i know I, I was listening to you and i felt like i was you know sitting on the the edge of the arno or something or you know or in a little french cafe perhaps in paris um so thank you for for bringing all of that musicality here uh, to mutiny radio and into our community space but those restaurants in north beach I believe I know the ones you mean. The Italian restaurants in North Beach, which have been uh, many have been around for many, many years, you know. Uh -huh. I first got there in 1957, so that's a long time ago. So it'd be part of what soon we were called the beatniks. So I was really interested in, uh, in the book that you wrote, called the North Beach Story. You, let's begin. Tell me, tell us a bit about that, and how you uh, you overheard the stories. Tell me more. Tell me more about the book got together. Well, well, my accordion and my writing careers, if you want, like to call it that. Um, they've been they're very intertwined with each other. So I first started going up there at the age of seven because my godfather, who owned the late Cafe Puccini, Puccini uh, okay. due to a, a fire recently, has been unfortunately closed down. But it's, mm. it was been there since the 1970s so I grew up going to North Beach a lot and and naturally as I was up there and, and after I'd stop playing sit down for a cup of coffee you'd meet what are known as well at least the remainder of the beat generation uh, people Diamond Dave's age 
um, uh, people who knew maybe perhaps knew Jack Kerouac or Allen Ginsberg personally. And overhearing the stories, I decided to craft that little novella. Oh, I'm looking forward to reading it because you got to remember because my memories. And of course, I was there, and it was Herb Kane, who was a columnist for the for the Chronicle, where that everybody would read. And he invented this thing called three dots, three dot journalism, where he'd have a line or two and then three dots, and I'd lie about something totally different. And he was the one who first began calling it this beatniks. That was 1957. And your dad's here. Hey, Dad. I'm Hello, Dominic. No. Hello, Val. Welcome, well, Franco. So this has been a freewheeling conversation. Jump in. But, but you begin to hear there, because I'd like to respond to that, that there had been some kind of verbal battles or face-off between the indigenous Italian population. Of course, was, that was right across Broadway and Columbus from Chinatown, which was, which was originally Italian, and then the comings of the beats. And did you hear that there was conflict? And I'd like to read this. Tell us, give us your own picture of the story. As you read it. Oh, to give you the, the whole story on, on, on what's known as can it be my first novella, The Battle for North Beach, and my only novella thus far, about about 100 pages, extremely easy read. And I'm in the spirit of Herb Cain. There, there is um, quite a, quite a lot of humor in there. And one of the one of the beginnings of my idea to craft this book came out with you know you see a lot of the older you know, beatniks, older poets especially, you know one cup of coffee, and and they're known for taking up table space for three hours. Well, that's what and, the triestas were. It, it was, no, and I'm guilty of that, too. Well, I hope but, so. Uh, that's right. And, and that, was the, that was the beginning conflict in, in the battle for North Beach, which was that the, it was the Italian restaurateurs versus the beatniks. And it was, you know, these two opposing forces, because one is so much more traditional and conservative than the other, and one is, of course, these people who have come from all across the country to gather in this one place. And, of course, it's exaggerated because there really wasn't a battle for North Beach. Um, perhaps there was a symbolic battle, but certainly not a physical one. And the protagonist in that story, um, it came from... It's a story based on this man who came from Iowa, so like many of the B generations wanting to escape. Uh, Minnesota, in my case. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So, so, so you know it. Uh, it's the quintessential beat story. You just said it. You know, someone. I my thumb out. <laughs> someone, you know, wants to escape. You know, whatever side he's to tells them they want to be, and they come out to North Beach, and you know, of course, there's some influences like drugs and alcohol and stuff, but it's ultimately a quest for identity, and it's sort of from this perspective of one of these guys who's beginning to get old in North Beach society, and he's taking up the uh, the life and rituals of a of an older San Franciscan, and now he's he's witnessing this conflict go on, you know, and in flames between the North Beach and North Beach is ultimately burned down in the end of this book. Again, you can take that metaphorically, but it's a, it's an insight. It's um, the best imagination of an imaginated San Francisco era gone by. <laughs> wow. And, and that was your first book, a novella, as you called it. Yeah, at, at, age, at age 11. At age Let's 11. <laughs> Good. So, this is, so we, did you grow up? Did your dad, your mom help you, encourage you to become a big reader? Was reading what you did a good share of your, when you were playing and learning to play the... Oh, well, re reading was certainly critical. critical. But, but, you know, it was... 
<laughs> it was both of my parents. You know, my teacher had always said, you know, eventually when you're older, someday you'll be playing gigs sometime. And I always figured that was when maybe I was 30, 40 years old. But when I was 10, you know, 11, I, I got invited by a restaurant tour up in North Beach. His name was, he was, he was the former owner of Frankino Restaurant on Columbus, right next to Mona Lisa Restaurant. Mm. He has unfortunately left us. But that was beginning of my career. My dad said, you, you know, you should form a Yelp page. And now through the years, I find myself two to three times a week, especially for the Oktoberfest season, going all across the Bay Area. And um, and with the books, too. Of course. With, the, with the books, too, he and gave me books. a lot of support and gave me some ideas. And But, you know, he was the one who encouraged me. I had to go get a U.S. copyright, get an ISBN, and kind of navigate the process myself. Wow. Good. So you're self-printed out there, but you can be, can be found in, through Amazon. Is that right? Yeah, through Amazon and other mediums such oh, as I, have a lot of books. I, I sell it at, you know, Dog-Eared Books in the Mission, Adobe Bookstore over Adobe on 24th course. Street. I believe I have some over at Folio, uh, the Beat Museum, of course. Oh, and yeah. I'm still working on, on getting it over to City Lights, but um, of course they're on Amazon and occasionally during the June Book Fair at Cafe Trieste, that's the most, that's wow. the, that's where I'm most easily accepted. Well, you'd be an amazing human being. Now this is this latest, which is over. Well, you, this is you're working. You're working on your fourth one, your fourth book. I'm but you've you've written you've written three and and then some so far. So um, the battle for North Beach, uh, which we were just talking about, and then. Um, this one that we have in our hands called Diarrhea of a Black Man, um, <laughs> co-authored by Lorenzo here um, and Bradley Haynes. What is this? So this is a relationship that, that, that you've met um, th this man and worked together to, to put this book together to tell his story, yes? That's correct. <laughs> tell us a little bit about this man and, and, and how you um, came to um, befriend him in such a way. Uh, well, like most of my uh, people that I encounter, like even you, Val, it was really, really just that spontaneous moment. I, I met him at the Cafe Trieste. Um, uh, that was one night, St. Patrick's Day of March. And I, um, he was in front of the Cafe Trieste. I just put my accordion down and he said, I say, he said, where's the party? <laughs> and that was kind of our opening line. And, you know, I had some family who had lived in the Midwest a long time ago. So I was really curious about Detroit, Chicago, Milwaukee history. So I had read up about that and we had, had managed to have a fairly nice conversation about. So I kind of understood some elements of what he grew up in. And so... I jokingly said, semi-jokingly, I suppose, looking back in retrospect, that I should write your biography. <laughs> <laughs> and two weeks later, I sent him an email. I said, Bradley, you know, meet me at the Cafe Trieste. And I said, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I was a little, <laughs> I, I, played, I played around with him a little bit because we sat at the table where Coppola had written The Godfather. <laughs> and I said, we're at a table with a long literary legacy. <laughs> I said, hopefully we can follow through with that tradition. So what he would do is every weekend or whenever he was writing on Bart to get to work, he would he would send me recordings, MP3 recordings of a little bit of his life, and of course we made a mod modifications here and there, nothing too big, mostly changing other people's names to protect their privacy. But it's a really interesting story because there's not written from this not not much written from this perspective about this particular time in Midwest history. And g give us a little synopsis of. Um why his story is so, uh, you know, compelling. Let me, let me, be, oh. before you do, I'm going to yeah. do a couple of sentences. Oh, good. And you go from there. 
Detroit's on the side. Begin working at the Detroit Park and Rec, the Ford Assembly Plant, of course, Detroit, and Michigan Bell. He's always been a recording artist, a sous line chef, a hippie, a truck driver, a casino worker, a drug dealer, a psychotechnic, a computer security expert, a network system administrator, and project designer. Spent time in Susansville State Penitentiary. I have friends who are there witnessing attacks and murder. So you summed all of this up, eh? This is the paragraph that you helped sum up what it already been. That's correct. So you had to say, you had to do a little bit of research in all of these various things so you could ask intelligent questions. Well, well, so many of some of these quite exotic professions, um, you know, I did, especially as he went into information technology, and that was the resurrection of his life. That's where he's at now, living over in the East, residing in the East Bay. Um, but, you know, a lot of research was involved because I incorporated a lot of history. And well, it wasn't just biography. I wanted to explain to the readers exactly what was going on during that time. And, of course, he has some powerful anecdotes to back some of that history up. Uh, but there was a lot of explanations I had to do, a lot of definitions and parentheses, and kind of help people understand exactly what was going on in this man's life. And what was his take on it? Once he, he said, here it is, here it is, he's on the manuscript, here it is, uh, Bradley, what do you think? And then he, he, he did a little writing in between, in between the lines, and it came together. That's amazing, brother, and you're a high school student. Well, <laughs> uh, well you, you probably get that a lot. <laughs> I, love you. I imagine. Uh, I wish we had camera again. Visuals would be good. Go ahead, brother. I think Dave's asking about, you know, um, kind of the, the once it got towards the end and, and you had this manuscript in hand, like giving, you know, now now Bradley has it in his hand. And well, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, I can invite some, uh, some of your listeners to think about what if you have your entire life story written in 250 pages? Of course, there must be a lot going through your mind. But I had a lot of people say, um, through, you know, my, my style of writing is a little more historical. History is one of my favorite genres. Again, we can go back to the Battle of North Beach alternate history, alternate historical fiction. And um, I got a lot of people who said it sounded like it was told from the diction of an old black minister in the South because of its writing style. Mm -hmm. But he said, you know, it's interesting. You look back at your life and you see it's finally told in story form and you don't really think about it that way when you're wow. growing up. You know, it's a day-to-day -day basis. You're in first person. But now you have someone who's taken your life from you. What a blessing. <laughs> of course. Don't take that too far. Um, <laughs> Not literally. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Science fiction. But in a beautiful literary way. Well, yeah. we'd like to hear some of it. I'm sure that our vast uh, company of listeners out there would say, let them read some. So do you have a particular spot you'd like to read? Oh, sure. Good choice. I was just reading a paragraph or two. It's catching me. Well, I, we do have a quote in the back of the book, which if one of some of your listeners do buy it, they can see that's at the very top. Uh, I had my cover artist. He wrote this line, it takes more than luck to stay alive. Mm, <laughs> but, uh, but, this, but the quote in the back is taken directly out of the book. Um, I'll go ahead and read it before I perform some analysis. The dilemma at hand wasn't merely physical. It was a life's worth of emotions that were pouring out of his frail, frigid body, which lay baking on the ground beneath the warm machine 
Michigan sun. His unshaven beard rubbed up against the warm sidewalk while his forehead lay dripping with the last bits of sweat which would ever be seen out of Mr. Jenkins. His hand, legs, and feet were the stillest, most serene I'd ever seen them. His lack of movement brought out a peaceful calmness which I had never seen anyone in, not even my father who would sit quietly composing his music. I knew that he was in a better place. The day Ronald Michael and I came into Motown Liquors to buy some canned food and steal a shopping cart, I couldn't help but notice the pain and humdrumness which filled every vein of Mr. Jen Mr. Jenkins' body. His facial muscles were not composed of tissues or capillaries, instead pain, distress, and sadness. His death had been in the making for years, but as he prepared himself for heaven, his store rated itself to be another open, empty lot, which would become one of thousands in, in Detroit, Michigan. Wow, empty lots, Detroit, Michigan, whole neighborhoods emptied out. He alluded to it. Well, that's some writing, brother. And what did Bradley think when he read that? He must have been had his mind blown in a good way. <laughs> what? Uh, well, 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 certainly some of his family members. I mean, there are a few details in the book which we kind of had to change. Well, uh, we won't go into those right now. Exactly. But his, of course, his family was thinking uh, kind of that same reaction when you say, "Oh wow, you're a millionaire. Where's the money?" That's <laughs> 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 so, mostly jokes like that. But his family was very proud. You know, his mother always told them two things: uh, one is to build the house and to write a book. Uh, those were, I, you know, in his tradition, he was members of the Black Masons, Prince Hall Freemasons. Um, those were two key, you know, elements of his life that he had to fulfill. And mm. as, in his words, we've done one of those things, which is write the book. Wow. And, and now you're going to build the house. Yeah, we'll burn that bridge when we get there. Okay, we'll build that house when we get there. Build that house when we get there. Nice, Dave. <laughs> nice. I did that sometimes. Good bridge. Oh, no, man. Well, look, that that's so amazing. So you plan, I have a couple, so what do you think now? You're about to graduate high school this year, is that right? That's correct, in, in June. And where, where do you go again? I go to St. Ignatius College Preparatory. Uh, Val here is an alumni as well, and as well as my father, so 75% of this room. That's right. And that's right across the road from, uh, from City College. No, oh, it's, it's down on Sunset Boulevard. It, it's down the hill. Okay. Yeah, it's well, out. So, it's over there. It's in. It's, go west. With Palin, at <laughs> City College. Right. But now Palin is now Frida Kahlo. Did you see that? They did change the name and to Frida Kahlo Way. Frida Kahlo. If you, if you, if you want to send a letter to City, to City College, say, I'm thinking about going there, whatever, I, I'm interested in this. It's, on, it's not in Palin any longer. It's now called Frida Kahlo. Well, it's speaking to a, a, a great um, forward thinking on the behalf of San Francisco and looking to celebrate artists as we do here at Mutiny Radio. Um, I want to talk for, if, if we may, to Please. about your other book, um, the book that, you know, I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is a book I wanted to write, um, American Advent. So, uh, you, did you, so American Advent, you went and actually interviewed people around the country during or people from around the country at least during the 2016 election to kind of investigate some of the divisions that we were seeing. How did you write this book? What was that all about? Yeah, well, a after I had f was finished writing The Battle for North Beach, you know, I was idle for a while trying to put together some sort of draft of something, and there, there was really not, not a ton going on at that time that really was very, <laughs> that gave me a lot of inspiration for those years between the ages of 11 and 16. Um, so, you know, I stayed in school, good thing. <laughs> and then the 2016 presidential election uh, came around, and, you know, there's a... Th that that kind of that created an America that you know you know we're still dealing with today and 
it's changed the lives of a lot of people, needless to say. And uh, I had a lot of encouragement from my needless mother. To say. For, for, that's that's right. For, for, I had a lot of encouragement from from my mother for this certain this particular this project in particular because she encouraged me to reach out to people and says, you know, there, there's there's all these segments of the country. You know, there really is no one definition of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you should go out there and explore it. So, you know, a lot of enc- I had a lot of tons of encouragement from her, and I um, and I began this project. So, what I would do is, um, there's a lot of the comment sections of Facebook posts where um, uh, have become notorious for people strangers complaining with each other, <laughs> which is ludicrous. Um, but in those articles, let's say I liked a, a certain senator's page from any state, I'd look through the comments, and there'd be people there expressing their opinion. So what I would do is I would message them, and I'd say, you know, would would you be bold enough to share your opinions with me? And you know, I I change your name, but I I would tell your story. Um, how should wow. I say, in, in third-person point of view. Mm-hmm. And what it is, it's a collection of roughly 12 stories from each hour of Election Day, counting down different sentiments all across the country. Wow. Gathered from people from a variety of professions, variety of backgrounds, all weaved together to produce uh, you know, an outcome that was, wasn't believed by many. So, and the archives of this is available somehow. You kept all that, all the letters you got, all the emails you got, all the people answered who reached out to you because you reached out generally to them. That's correct. Um, well, you know, of course, I had to ask permission. Uh, Love it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, but it was very fun. I mean, I, I had so many different people. One was a head of a car a car cruiser club in Little Rock, Arkansas, who had known Bill Clinton personally. And he lived only two blocks away from Bill Clinton's home when he was a, the attorney general of the state of Arkansas. Another guy I had was a retired German lawyer in Milwaukee. Um, farmer in New Mexico and Las Vegas, wow. not not Las Vegas, Nevada, Las Vegas, New Mexico, like Paris, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had a photographer who lived in rural western Pennsylvania. Wow. And it, it, so many different perspectives all put together. And sometimes, you know, you attach your own feelings to a candidate and a win for someone might win a loss for someone else. And it, it may not even make any sense at all. Hmm. Well, I, well, I, I want to get a copy of American Advent. Wow. And well. I, so I know that all of your books are available on Amazon, but then um, is this one also in some local bookstores too? Yeah, that one you can also find at, at Dog Eared Books, and I believe Adobe should have uh, a, a few things on hand. Yeah, but but, but Amazon too, of course. Um, uh, the books have ended up at various bookstores throughout the city. Those are just good. two I can name, but they're but they're scattered good. out throughout San Francisco. Sorry. Now you're holding skills. You hold some skills doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying open mouth how you put the advent together and the people you found. Now we're heading for. I'm saying the perspective of my age, what's going to be politically one of some of the most interesting times that is America's yet see. The possibility that I'm a president, and here's what you, you my line, I say uh, Trump, and I've been said this months before he was elected. I said, Trump, you've heard me say that, Bill, I think he's going from the White House to the jailhouse. <laughs> and here we live that time when that could well happen. And using these skills... That you've honed, that you've honed, writing the advent. I suggest you keep close to your keep close to your chest, stand right in, and see what can evolve out of these interesting times of you, a high school senior, 
at you, a high school senior, now looking forward, looking ahead at the, these generations ahead of you <coughs> to see what could be, what's, what's going to come out. Is that something? Have you thought of that? Is that something you would consider, maybe? Well, well I know, I know you, you're, you know, you're alluding to a lot of activity that's been going on at the top level of this country. But what American haven't really, oh, yeah. really focused on was, yeah, exactly. What, what's going on right here? I mean, who are the people who sign their pens and cast their ballots? Mm-hmm. You know, who's who that changes, that makes a swing state what a swing state is? You know, obviously, it was a great learning experience for me. Well, you're learning. And, uh, yeah, and, and you're learning, and uh, this will be, emer- so be emerging, and there's so many social skills, social media skills you have that you can begin to reach out, and I'd like to see the ad- Advent, the new beginning, <laughs> volume two. Well, well, the, 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 the advent, the advent in the title American Advent, a title created by myself and my mother, again, who provide a lot of support, which is, you know, it's, it alludes to the, the time of the, the succession of poll closings. So first you have Indiana, then Kentucky, then you have Florida, wow. Virginia, and they go down. So the advent is each and every successive hour leading to a significant event. Oh, I thought the spiritual mm. political sense, but now I get it literally. Well, this is, uh, so the second advent coming up with your mom and your dad and you. Is your mom listening? She can say, hey, mom, how's it going? <laughs> I can say, hi, mom, and <laughs> say whatever you like here. This is free speech, free speech. Hi, mom. Uh, oh, hi, mom. Yeah, I, I know you're listening from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hi, mom. <laughs> hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. mom. Uh, <laughs> hey, mom. Well, 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 thank you for every. I, I know you're... <laughs> Val's waving over to you from over here in the Mission District, over to the Excelsior. Uh, well, you know, thank you for everything. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're the reason I'm up here today, and the reason why I've, you know, excelled. You know, it takes more than instructors in school. It takes a good, it takes a good family household, as as a lot of us will tell us. Well, I can feel it, brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember, this is podcast. I don't know if you, this is uh, podcasting too. This means that shortly after we finish this, you gotta go. This and the show's over. This will be on and. You you can listen to yourself. You can go to mutinyradio.fm. Um, yeah, and right into the podcast archive, and you'll find us there. Our show you're listening to is Common Thread Collective. Um, so I know we're making you do a lot of work today, so you already went to a full day of school, but but this it seems like we have a great opportunity to kind of review a lot of a lot of your the body of work at least that we're talking about today so you you've done um you've done uh, historical fiction with the battle for north beach mm-hmm. you've done uh, biography uh, you know, biographical narrative um with uh, diarrhea of a black man mm-hmm. uh you've done american advent where it's similar uh, of reaching out and using taking other people's voices but then writing about uh these people's voices and now you've been working on a, a, a non-fiction Book about Coney Island, uh, of Staten Island. Staten which, they're Island. right next door to I'm each sorry. other. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm showing my Californianess <laughs> right now. Borough. Staten Island. It, it, Forgive it, it, me. It's a stone's throw away. Across, okay. Across, you can actually see it from Staten Thank Island. Thank you for making me feel better about that. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, Go ahead. Tell us about it. Well, the the idea began with um. I I had always wanted to write a nonfiction, you know, piece of literature. 
and I, um, what happened was, you know, I was in school, and I was inspired because in, in schools nowadays they have what's called the, the advanced placement, the AP curriculum, and what it is is it's the history of the Americas from a little bit before, from the American Revolution all the way till the 1990s, and you know these, you know, the College Board expects teachers to cover this within a year, uh, so there, you know, that as you can imagine, that really doesn't allow much time to go in detail into everything. Right. So I saw something, a project like this. Didn't know what it was yet, uh, to fulfill that that niche I saw for chronicling really specific parts of the United States, and. Um, I had heard about Staten Island before. Okay. It, it has the largest concentration of Italian Americans in the United States, about 250,000 Italian Americans. That's like that's a little over a quarter of San Francisco. You can imagine all, all Italians. And um, so, I, you know, I, I like to use Google Maps. And for some reason, I was hovering around there looking at different oh. town names, thought it was really beautiful. And one day I said to myself, well, maybe this is something to explore. Excuse me. And little by little, you know, I, I had to call, cold call people. Maybe I read about them in a newspaper article. They were featured in a little radio station wow. like, like Mutiny Radio over here in San Francisco. Maybe someone had written a book about their family and I saw them in it. I began making the first calls. Uh, word of mouth, uh, more sophisticated techniques, started reaching out to people on Facebook <laughs> like I had for American Advent. So I had a little bit of experience with outreach, community outreach. And I, I, I've gathered this whole story, and it's told from Native Islanders. We have a lot of politicians in the book, uh, activists, you know, from edu people who want education reform, restaurateurs, uh, business owners, and everyday people who've even moved away to the sunnier shores of, let's say, Florida or, or New Jersey. So it's a whole story weaved in one from personal testimony like American wow. Act, and mixed in with history because no one has attempted to write this, this kind of book about Staten Island, so it's really taken me hours looking on the archives, trying to dig up information and kind of piecemealing everything together. Did you spend any time in, uh, in Staten Island? I spent a week. A week? <laughs> for, for the summertime. And you know, I, I had never been there before. Wow. And, this, and so when I went finally... Welcome to the streets of Staten Island. Why would you want to go to Staten Island? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because he, he pretty well answered that. He answered that. This is Mutiny Radio, so we do have a peanut gallery. So uh, yeah. it's all part it's all part of the fun. <laughs> he did answer that pretty much. Well, go ahead, brother. Tell us Because uh, I saw a lot of the pictures yeah, from, from your trip to Staten Island because you and, and, and your dad went. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I so dragged him along. <laughs> but it, 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 it was a one-week extravaganza. I met with a lot of the people who I interviewed, and you know, I would get maybe six of us together for breakfast, lunch, or dinner at any one time, just people who maybe they knew each other, maybe they didn't, and we'd all gather around the table, and we'd tell, and they would, they, they, would, they would tell their stories about growing up, and you know, it you know, people like to talk about little Italy's in America. I mean, Staten Island in the 1940s was Italy. So it brings us back to the the origins of Neapolitan life on the island. You look at, you know, most of the signs were in Italian. A lot of the pioneers were in Italian. Um, of course, the telephone was invented on Staten Island by an, by an Italian who was expatriated there from Italy. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's uh, so now, now. So this has been coming together. It's as much as come. Do you have a bunch of loose, loosely folders? You have a study in some place where you do your writing. 
some place where like we have a study we have like loosely formed <laughs> folders and newspaper articles and sketch words and well, paragraphs well it, and, it, it, and we want to find how organic your process yeah your be. process yeah well, well it's organized quite in, in the beatnik fashion <laughs> oh. um you know i i, I would take notes take notes on paper and pen you know people are talking you know at rapid pace to so you, you have to jot down <laughs> you know usually in about a week i can do four to five interviews and they usually take about two hours on the phone of course i sort through you know what's what stands out from those interviews that i put in the book mm-hmm. although i make a promise to everyone that they are going to be going into the book you know i want to honor their families and i want to like i said i want to try and be as specific as possible so basically what the book's about is it starts with some of the origins because staten island was notable for being susceptible to development. A lot of developers wanted to come in, uh, build their shopping malls, and build uh, kind of what Saramani looks like in its surrounding community. Um, but there's a whole area of the northern shore which was like yeah. pretty much like a quaint little Italian village, especially some of the beach colonies, like where Catholic activist Dorothy Day lived there. Dorothy and, Day? Yeah. <laughs> that was the, uh, the Catholic worker. That's, that's uh, the... Okay, go ahead. She she had a summer bungalow actually in a Spanish an, anarchist colony on Staten she Island. Went to Greenwich Village, where she 